Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Sean Campbell hanging out with your local alternative, Solid State Radio. Coming off a rather nice Lions win over the weekend. And honestly, this is one of those games, and I, I feel like it's just where we have to start today, right? It's one of those games where we know coming in that Carolina's a garbage team and that they're going all of nowhere this season. And you made a bad team look like a bad team. And compared to a lot of points in the past where the Lions would let bad teams just run all over them, you did what needed to be done on Sunday. And I don't feel like there's a whole lot that really needs to be gotten into here. You're now sitting at 4-1 and one going into Tampa and honestly with a realistic chance to win out the rest of your uh, games before the bye. I mean, we'll do a, a brief what went right here, which was basically everything. Jared Goff is having a, a hell of a year already. Like he's on this day, he managed to complete 71.4% of his passes and still hit some decent chunk plays for like 21, 23, a couple 27 yarders and a 31 yard pass. Only attempted 28 passes on the day. And managed to do all of this without Amon Ra St. Brown in the lineup. David Montgomery basically picked up where he left off from the last game. Sam Laporta pulled in two touchdowns on the day and has more receiving yards through this first five games than any tight end in the NFL. And honestly, he didn't even really miss Amon Ra that much, by and large. I mean, you saw a few more drops than you would have liked to, but Josh Reynolds has been about as reliable as it gets. Jamison Williams got 28 offensive snaps. He was certainly uh, helping out in the run game a bit, but... It, it seems like the uh, the Lions coaching staff were happy with what they got out of him this week. On the defensive side of things, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was consistently getting pressure on Bryce Young on a day where it didn't seem like he was getting all that much. That one-handed pick was rather nice, wasn't it? That forced fumble by Ali McNeil, which immediately led to a touchdown for the Lions. And the run defense still managed to hold uh, Chubba Hubbard and Miles Sanders to under 70 yards and an average of 4.2 yards per carry on the day and kept him out of the end zone to boot. Like, you got to even be fairly happy with your linebackers and your secondary. Now, granted, you only had two tackles for loss on the day. Both of them came from Hutch, but Anzalone did have 11 tackles on the day. Your secondary played surprisingly good. They didn't give up any plays over the top, which you really like to see. Your punter had his best day of the season, and Riley Patterson is somehow still perfect on the year, though they haven't sent him out for anything of 40 yards or longer thus far. And as far as the coaching goes, you really kind of had to worry a little bit. I know a lot of this fan base was about coming in and letting this be a trap game, so to speak, not taking this team seriously. And though they absolutely did. So overall, a lot to really be happy with. Plenty of stuff to do. We'll probably do a little more Lions talking here this afternoon, and we're finally getting close to the start of hockey, which I know Adam's rather excited about. We'll do it all coming up. It is happy hour at Solid State Radio. There's the Beths watching the credits. Your local alternative is Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. I love it when you go to Indiana. I, I, really, I mean, I, I miss you while you're gone, but you come back. No, you don't. I came into uh, Studio North here, and... Uh, Saw uh, a very welcome sight. Yingling Hershey's Porter. So good, isn't it? It, it is delicious. Uh, we had this maybe two years ago. I don't think. Did we do it last year? I don't know if we I did. I don't think we did. So I, 
uh, I immediately cracked one of these open. I'm, I'm hoping that was okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't keep it here for, for decoration, dude. You should, because, I mean, it is a very attractive bottle. <laughs> I mean, Yangling is smart. I mean, they really do. They really put out a, a good product, and a lot of people are like, well, you just can't get it in Michigan. That is part of it, but it's a superior product. And then Yangling makes, they could make a good porter on their own and have it really good. But then they add the, uh, the, Taste the taste we're all used to Hershey's, which you know they Hershey's chocolate has a very unique taste to it. Yeah, you, you could tell the difference between Hershey's chocolate as opposed to Lint or Ghirardelli. But I mean, this is so smart on Yingling's part. It's uh, that n- noticeable Hershey taste up front, and then it dissipates to a nice porter. I mean, it's really, a really good beer. You you can't beat it honestly. Like I and I like the normal porter from Yangling. It's it, it's it's rather tasty stuff. But the the Hershey's collaboration is one of those things I always look forward to. Anytime I go down that way, like I'm bringing back all of this. I mean, they could have easily overdone it. It could have just tasted like you're uh, you're drinking liquefied Hershey Kisses. It really could. I mean, but they 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 were smart about it. Yeah, they 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 know how to do it right. They know exactly what their customers want, and they. And certainly always managed to deliver on it. My stepdad is a Yingling fan. When they got married in Florida, they had a Yingling ready to go. Nice. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that, man. Yeah, that was, that was always a nice thing. Uh, you know, Jim, would, when we'd go back to Pittsburgh and stuff, would always bring back some of that stuff. And now we have a place around here that we can actually acquire it. And then mm-hmm. this stuff, mm-hmm. which... I, I will drive nine hours to, to get that all day long. <laughs> Don't even care. Yeah. Next time, I'm going to send you some money, bring you back some. I will, I will make sure that happens, dude. Here's Foster the People, Solid State Radio. The Foo at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And we said what most would need to be said about the Lions. They went, they, they did what was expected of them. They took care of business against a lousy team. And, well, Michigan kind of did the same thing on Saturday, and my, they just, just drilled the, uh, the the Golden Gophers there. P.J. Flex rowing that boat right on back to whence he came. 52-10 to 10, the final. Is there? I think it's fair to ask at this point. Big Ten runs through Ann Arbor, right? I mean, there's really not a challenge of a game coming up until the game, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I mean, they are winning the game, so they really should, and then they're there's no, there's really no competition. We looked at the schedule and it was maybe Purdue. Oh no, not on. even per, Purdue's gar, Purdue's two and four on the season, and I don't think they've played anybody good yet. Wow, I am okay. I have not paid attention to that. So yeah, the only competition coming up is Penn State. Maybe uh, that's what I meant. What did I say? Purdue, not Penn yeah. State. Jeez, they both yeah, start with a P. You can make an Princeton. Arc- uh, Princeton's going to be a real problem for them. Um, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Penn State definitely. Uh, Ohio State, that's when everybody uh, amps it up. Now, if they can stay healthy, and maybe I'm jinxing them because they're right around the time of the big game or uh, when they started getting to a, a playoff situation, Coro went out with an injury. Yeah, and, there, yeah, there is that, and I have a feeling that you're going to be seeing a lot from this season, just this team benching guys in the third quarter to keep, you know, JJ or Corum healthy down the stretch. Like, I don't disagree with that one bit. Like, you can go ahead and basically throw your backups out for the entire second half against any of these teams because none of them are any good. Yeah, well, I mean, 
there's also the idea that if you give them more playing time, they'll get good. True. There's that hope. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if if you're winning, if you're up by three touchdowns, bench McCarthy. He, he's probably going to get pissed about it. But you know, they save that arm, save the save save that arm for when the games actually count or yeah. the game that actually counts. Because right. you were clearly at this point like you're you're playing for a natty. Like that's that's the the only way around this. Like whoever wins on the 25th of November is going to be the team that wins the Big Ten, so you're getting an automatic playoff berth more than likely. Yep. Like, you're already currently ranked number two in the nation. Beating Ohio State would probably solidify you there behind uh-huh. really only Georgia. And you're clearly, you're, you're going out there for, for one thing and one thing only. You want a national title, and you were absolutely in a position, I would think, to go out there and, and compete for it. Yep. As long as you know you keep your guys healthy, and honestly, like I said, it's gonna be a lot of you're gonna be watching a lot of backups in the third and fourth quarter from here on out. Like that's it's, fine. That, as frustrating as that is, I don't need to see too many uh, fifty score, uh, fifty point games. Just just win the games, keep everybody healthy, keep everybody in playing shape, and go for the. Don't worry about sprinting. It's a marathon. Let's keep going. Exactly. Not not a great deal to honestly be worried about here for most of these games because there's no reason that really you shouldn't win against any of these teams down the stretch. I mean, Indiana, you're favored by 34. I don't even want to know what the line would be against Michigan State. Purdue, it's going to be something stupid, too, I'm sure. Um, Penn State's. You know, they're they're always they're always a challenge, but I think you're obviously the better team here thus far. And then Maryland, you're going to beat soundly. So it all comes down to Ohio State. And I don't think this Ohio State is the Ohio State that we've that we've seen in the past. Like I think it's like you watch them kind of struggle a little bit. Like that that Maryland game was closer than it had any right to be. You gutted one out against Notre Dame, and you really haven't played anyone else of consequence so far. I'm honestly far more impressed with what I've seen out of Michigan than anything that Ohio State's done. I think there's a very good chance that coming into this thing, Michigan may very well be undefeated going into that week. I I would I would see that uh that be the case. I don't but, know if I could say the same thing about Ohio State. I think that Penn State could come and come into there there and uh, and upset them. I think there's there's a very very good chance that if either team is going to come into this thing with a loss, that it's going to be the Buckeyes. Right. Okay. Bring it on. It, it's it's going to be very interesting to yeah, see going down the stretch, but yeah. I I feel like Ohio State's not at that point where they can just bench all the starters because they're they're still having to gut out some of these games. So yeah, I'll I'll be curious to see where it all shakes out. Here is Milky Chance. Your local alternative is Solid State Radio. Blink One Eight Two. Your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. What I haven't told him yet is that we're subjecting him to my favorite. My favorite bit to do to him on this show. What's that? Oh, you, you'll know as soon as I get the music to play because apparently I can't do that today worth a damn. Try it again. Oh, no. Your favorite. Your favorite of mine, Power Rankings. Oh, well, if I'm doing this, I deserve another beer. Well, who said you can't have another beer? I said at no point anything about you not being able to avail yourself to all the beer you want, sir. All right. Except what do I do? What do there I do? is a... There's a difference. This this one's gonna be a little different from normal. Oh God. Yeah, there there's a there's a bit of a twist here. 
you know, where normally we'd be doing, you know, all the football teams and whatnot. ESPN has put out a list, a power ranking for the NHL. Really? You mean they put out a power ranking for a, a season that doesn't start until tomorrow? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Your season preview, power rankings, predictions, and X factors. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Top five answers. Do you want to go top five or bottom five first? I'm, a, I'm feeling positive. I'm in a positive kind of mood. Let's do top five. All right. Top five it is. Lay them on me, dude. I think there are, a lot of people are expecting Vegas to have – they're in good chance to repeat, so I'm going to say the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're number one on the list. Uh, do you? I mean, are you buying or selling this so that they can repeat? I don't know if they can. I'm, I'm not sure if I think they can. Re, I don't see why they couldn't repeat. They are. They are still a good, a, a damn solid team all the way around. The only, the only issue, really, I guess you could say, is that uh, the goaltending is somewhat questionable because you haven't lost a whole lot of major anything like you lost phil kessel whatever you lost jonathan quick do we really miss him that much <laughs> you, you lost laurent brassois brassois but you had like five different goaltenders you know split in time there and it's probably gonna end up being logan uh, logan thompson who is, is gonna aiden end up hill still guy. with them aiden hill is still with them okay well he, he i think it's gonna be a battle between those two okay so the only thing that they really what, – what they did last season, the big trade for them was uh, Ivan Barbashev. They didn't really add anybody in the offseason, but honestly, none of their losses really add up to anything that would make them anything less than the favorites. I think they could absolutely win the Stanley Cup the second year in a row. All right. Let's stay in the West, shall we? Okay. The hated, dreaded – Colorado Avalanche. Number two on the list. And sure enough, they would be the only reason that Vegas doesn't make it back out of the Western Conference Finals. Like, I, I think it'll be Vegas and Colorado in the finals. Uh, that's a very, I mean, take that to Vegas. Not the Golden Knights, but to a casino. Because that's, take it to FanDuel, brought to you by. Um, like, they did have a lot of injuries down the stretch last year. Atlantis yeah, was out for the whole season, was he not? He, he was. Uh, Kale McCarr ended up having to spend a lot of time, you know, put a lot more ice time in. He's why he led the NHL in average ice time. Yeah. And you have a really good, solid core there, but, you know, the salary cap hurt them a little bit more than it did Vegas. They had to part with Evan Rodriguez and uh, oh, JT yes. Comfer, who is now here. Yes. They let Darren Helm go. Like, they lost a few pretty strong components, but they added Ross Colton, Jonathan Druen, and I don't know if, what Druen really is at this point in his career. Ryan Johansson and Miles Wood. Yeah. I think Druen in Colorado makes sense. It didn't work in Tampa because he, his attitude got in his way and Eiserman shipped him off. Montreal, it, it's a very venomous place to play. It really is. Now, Colorado... He can kind of. He doesn't have to be the star. You got McKinnon. You got uh, Landis Gog. He can go in there and just play. He can just be uh, the guy. Be a guy instead of the guy. Yeah, Make sense. No, yeah, no one's certainly asking him to be a primary option there. And Jared Bednar's found a way to turn a lot of guys around. They're like Kod, Nazem Kadri had his best year in his career with the Avalanche. Yes, he did. Burk Andre Burakovsky, same thing. Burakovsky, that's right. And, like, you, you've had a few guys who have really kind of 
stepped it up in a, in a big way once they came here and didn't have to carry the team. Valerie uh, Nikushkin, same thing. Nikushkin, yep. Like, he was a guy who didn't have a lot of success with Dallas, then came there and immediately became one of your top six guys. It's a healthy place for players. It you, is. You, you, uh, they've got a... Uh, you don't have to be A-plus when you show up there. They'll make you that way. And, and a lot of people are like, well, you're a Wings fan. You're not supposed to be talking that way. The rivalry's dead, folks. The rivalry has been dead. Uh, but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome? Maybe this June, Colorado Avalanche, Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup Finals. That would be great, and I don't think there's a chance in hell that happens. Not a chance. Anyway, okay, moving on. Power rankings, ESPN, top five, uh, New Jersey Devils. They come in at number five, actually. Number five, just inside. Just barely. So they added Tyler Toffoli in the offseason. They didn't lose anything of great consequence. Damon Severson, Ryan Graves, and Mackenzie Blackwood, who I completely forgot was one of their, their oh, goalies. Oh, Tomas Tatar's gone. He's part of the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <sighs> going to be a bad day to tar uh no new jersey has been doing things the right way through the draft signing well cultivating their players uh they're they're going to be in it for the long haul it, this is not they're not going to be a flash in the pan so expect them to progressively get better uh problem there to me the, the, the goaltending like i don't know like vtek vanacek is fairly solid. I'm not sure how much I believe in Akira Schmidt at all. I don't know if this team can hold up and hold their own against some of the other, uh, a lot of their other Eastern Conference contenders. Right. Like, you could maybe get out of, you could get out of the first round, maybe. But that, I think that's, that's the ceiling here. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the first round, they might draw the Red Wings as a, uh, playoff dance partner stranger things have happened if, well yeah if the red wings are in a uh, wild card spot yeah you, 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 know, so you could see that happen. It, it could happen uh let's go back out west how about uh connor mcdavid and company the edmonton oilers you are correct sir number four on the list all right so i got one two four and five okay you do and Okay, so they lost Matthias Janmark, Lane Peterson, and Connor Brown for whatever those were worth. Or no, they added those three guys. <laughs> they lost uh, Kyler Yamamoto, and that one I think is going to be a bigger loss than they realized. That uh, one confused me. Eiserman snatched him up in a, a Kyler uh, a Kostin. Uh, Clem Kostin. Clem Kostin. Kostin and uh, Yamamoto. Wait, we got when did we land Yamamoto? I missed that. Yeah, that, that, that was the same. That was the same deal. No, because he's with the Kraken. No, there was someone else we picked up. It was, uh, I think that's what it was. Because then he was instantly put on uh, waivers. Oh, and, the, and then Seattle picked him up. Okay, I did forget about the waivers. Like, why did we put him on waivers? I don't. Here? I don't know. Could we not afford him? Because I mean, he seemed to be a. 
I mean, n- nothing like earth-shattering here. He was a 10-goal, 15-assist guy last year in 60 games, 20 goals the year before that in he was a na- season. He was a name that I, I recognized that wasn't Dreisaitl or McDavid. Yeah. So I was I was a little ex- excited. Costin, I mean, okay, fine. Uh, apparently, Eiserman and company really wanted Costin, so they brought both of them up, and then, you know, <laughs> right at the door, <laughs> Yamamoto, oh, hold on a second. We only got room for one more. Put the velvet rope back up. <laughs> Sorry, we're putting you on waivers. And now he's in Seattle, which, you know, Seattle, I'm not going to say they're in the top five, but they're, they're no slouches. I would keep one eye on them in that uh, Pacific uh, division. No, absolutely. I, I would certainly expect Seattle to make an appearance in the playoffs again this year. Sure. We'll do, I mean, we'll do our bold-ass predictions tomorrow. When does the season officially start? Tomorrow. Tonight? Is this tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Then tomorrow we'll do our bold-ass predictions. Then. All right. Um, I'm going to need a little bit of a hint. Is uh, Team in number three, are they Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Eastern. Eastern. Uh, they're not going to say They're not going to say Pittsburgh. They're not going to say Boston. Those are both teams on the decline. You're correct. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Amazingly enough, Tampa Bay, not on the list. I'm not surprised. Well, you know who's who they're going to be missing for the first two months of this year, at least. Who? Uh, that would be one Andre Vasilevsky. Really? Back, back surgery. Oh my god! For a goalie, that is not that is not good. That that is a huge thing. So they lost in this offseason. They lost Corey Perry. They lost Alex Kalorn, Pat Maroon, and Ross Colton, who we already mentioned earlier has gone to Colton uh, and. Kalorn, those are going to hurt. The big rig, I mean, yeah, he he was something about him. He was like a lucky rabbit's foot. Right. Every time he won like three Stanley Cups with three different teams in a row. <laughs> right. Like he wasn't like nothing he did showed up particularly huge on the score sheet by any means, but he just happened to be really good luck Shit. for everybody. He really was. And then Corey Perry ended up with the Blackhawks and last year didn't have I mean, he only put up he put up 12 goals in 13 assists on the season. Yeah, here's a guy who was Hart Trophy winner uh, for the Ducks and Stanley Cup with Anaheim and then just can't seem to find a a home because he was with uh, Dallas and then Montreal for a year. Montreal for a year. I forgot about that. Yeah, this this poor guy. Yeah, he like the drop off when it happened, which was like after the 15-16 season, was considerable. He went from being a reliable... 30, 40 goal scorer to he never topped 20 again since. He's come close, but he's not hit the 20 goal mark in the last seven seasons. Well, he is getting a little long in the tooth. I mean, that's just... Yeah, he's 38 now. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, He ended up in, yeah, yeah, with Chicago, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Well, in Chicago, they like, they, they respect the veteran players. So I would see them kind of, I think he'll retire a Blackhawk. Quite frankly, but I'm stalling. Um, well, okay, he may retire. Yeah. You know, without with the last team he played for. But yeah, he, well, yeah, he's retiring, and, and yeah, he'll be, like he'll Doc. be, he'll, he'll be with the, the Ducks logo. But yeah, like, yeah. like this is going to be a huge thing with Vasilevsky missing up to two months with this injury. You're yeah. you're counting on a guy who is really not all that proven. Like I, I'm, I'm drawing. Who do a, they got? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name, honestly. <laughs> Johansson or something? Like no, that. I, I I honestly don't remember the backup's name, and I just was looking it up like a, maybe a couple minutes ago. Um, 
But someone who doesn't really have a great deal of NHL. Okay, Jonas Johansson. Okay. So he's expected to split duties with Matt Tompkins down there. And he's had, so Johansson has had 35 career NHL appearances, 335 goals against, 886 save percentage. This is going to be a problem. Uh, it's it's not looking good for the Bolts. I mean, they're going to have to really, really rely on their defense to bail them out. Yeah, you're going to be asking a lot out of like Victor Hedman and uh, Sergachev, certainly. And, of course, Kucherov's just – Kucherov's what drives that train down there, it, you know, oh, yeah. from an offensive standpoint. I mean, you, uh, yeah, you got, you got Hedman, you got Sergachev, Dahan – yeah, you, you you got some you got some people on the blue line. That's gonna help. That's gonna help you out. But yeah, their their forwards are gonna have to play D as well to keep things going. Because yeah, I mean Jonas Johansson, Tompkins. I don't know these cats. They, I, I I could see them being very uh, active in the trade market. Yeah. Well, it depends on what the salary cap uh, will allow for. But they got Luke Lindenning. I like Glenn Denning. You you leave him alone. Um, <laughs> now they are there's puck drop at five thirty tomorrow for the Preds. Are they in another country? What's going on here? <laughs> Maybe you're still missing number three and you're stalling like no other. Yeah, oh, completely. <laughs> Eastern Conference team. Come Eastern, on, Eastern. Uh, they lost a player that we ended up signing. One of our bigger offseason signings. Ottawa, get out of here. No, no okay, oh. not our biggest. I'm sorry. I was going to say. No. Slow your roll. Very much not Ottawa. Uh, further south than that. Further south than that. What was that? <laughs> oh. Oh, Carolina. The bunch of jerks come yes, in at number yes. three. And I, I think that's entirely fair. Like, they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. They lost Shane Gallus bear to, uh, to Detroit. Yep. But they added Michael Bunting, Dmitry Orlov, and Tony D'Angelo again? Why do they keep bringing him back? Why does anyone continue to take on this guy? Yeah, it's kind of like pulling out a jug of milk. Oh, that's sour. I'll put it back in the fridge and try it later. Right, like Michael Bunting's going to be a, a decent signing, I think, and Orlov is just going to be an even better addition to what's already a pretty fantastic defensive core. Yeah. So the, the, really the question is, are they going to be able to get it done in the postseason? Goaltending is going to be interesting. Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta are your tandem going into the season, and they're both getting up there in age. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's frustrating because either one of them, I mean, they're a solid B, B minus uh, player. They're like career backups, but they they can't seem to get over that hump to like take the number one job outright. Ranta had a decent stretch as a starter at one point, did he not? I'm trying to remember. He started for a good I know he's been in a Stanley Cup finals because wasn't he wasn't he uh back uh backstopping uh, uh Chicago. Sa- Sa- Chicago. Okay, yeah. There was Chicago early on. Uh, he had two seasons with the Rangers. I guess he wasn't really a starter. He was a starter for I think two of his four years in Arizona. And yeah, no, I guess you're right. He hasn't, he hasn't really other than that time with the Yotes, he hasn't secured a full time really starting gig he's never been more than a 1b really right and anderson for the freddie for, anderson or craig anderson freddie anderson freddie okay freddie's always been solid 
he he's been solid everywhere he's been. Like he had some nice years with Toronto. He he was like the guy in Toronto for a good like four or five year stretch where he was starting like sixty five games in a season. Yeah, that's because Toronto still thinks it's you know nineteen ninety two, and you can you could work your goaltender like that. Everyone knows you can only get away with that if you're Tampa Bay. That's yeah, that's right. And <laughs> oh, you mean the guy that's going up for two months with a back surgery? That guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that working out for you, assholes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On, on that note, let, let's hit a break. We'll do the bottom five next. Yep. It's happy hour at your local alternative South State Radio. Staying to your local alternative South State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. And I'm subjecting this man to power rankings, NHL style. The early, uh, the way too early predictions for this season yeah. that doesn't start till tomorrow. So Adam guessed the top five. Pretty, the pretty part, well. Frankly. I was, I was five. Uh, uh, Six tries, I got all five. Yeah, that's that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Later on, I'll make you guess where the Red Wings fall. But first, Sweet let's Lord do mercy. the b- bottom five, shall we? Bottom five. Okay. Uh, sorry, long-hanging fruit, but Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes, as you might expect. Do they finish in the bottom five? You're not going to believe this, Adam. They don't. Really? I am as oh shocked. Oh, God. As they finished just outside, 27. Wow. They didn't lose anybody of consequence at all. They added a bunch of guys in a free agency. They signed Alexander Kerfoot, Matt Dumba, uh, Logan Cooley, Nick Bukestad. I think it's Dumba, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Is that what I, Don't, you said Dumbo. <laughs> did I say Dumbo? <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah. I apologize to Matt Dumbo then. <laughs> But honestly, if they, if they if they win thirty games this season, I'll be impressed. If they get thirty fans, I'll be impressed. Um, That's also fair. They're, they're, side note: there's still a bunch of people popping off, a lot of stories popping off about wanting uh, league to go into expansion. I, I, the rumors of expanding back to Atlanta is heating up, and I think that is ridiculous. But we've talked about that on the show many times. You you many want times in the last if, week? You want you want a team in Atlanta? Here you go, Yotes. You're now the Atlanta Coyotes. Yotes are going to Houston. Nail it down right now. Lock it in. If, I, if there were bets to be taken on you know, Fan Kings or Draft Duel, I would be doing that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, 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 Houston's going to get a team before Quebec City, which is a shame, I'm going to admit, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to happen. So how about... I must... Oh man! I'm just, oh, how about the Vancouver Canucks? The Vancouver Canucks do not come in in the bottom five. Wow! Wow! Indeed. Wow. Thank you, Owen Wilson. They uh, come in uh, actually quite a decent bit higher. The twenty-four. They come in at twenty-four. That's where P.U. Suter ended up. And they really? have Heronic, which I keep but, forgetting about. Yeah. Because uh, we traded him to the Isle. And then he got trade. Then therefore traded to Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver ended up giving up two of the get two up uh, two of the picks that they received in the Bo Horvat trade, notably that first rounder to get Ronick. Like we could have had, could have had that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, all right. Well, maybe maybe there's not one in Canada. They wouldn't put Buffalo on there, would they? Oh no, they're they're higher on Buffalo. I feel like than they 
than we they, are. They, they're a lot of people. A lot of people are. Like I think they, they probably finished somewhere in the teens, if I remember correctly, because sure. uh, they are not necessarily the. Uh, I mean, they're not the Sabers of old. At least they don't look that way. Like right. they're they're getting a solid core together. Tage Thompson looks like he's going to be a stud. Yeah, um, fifteen or sixteen. Sorry. And then overall. that uh, that uh, young goaltender Levi, I think it, his name he uh, he's expected to do quite well. What about uh, oh the San Jose Sharks? The San Jose Sharks. They come in as it turns out at. Did you actually finally get one? I think I got one right. You did. They come in at number thirty-two. 30. They come in dead last in the league, dude. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah, and like ten. 12 years ago, every quote-unquote uh, pundit, uh, they, they just wanted to hand them the cup every year. Oh, this is San Jose's year. This is oh, this is all San Jose. When they were at peak choke artist form? Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were playing over at Heimlich Arena. Uh, how- so they, add, they lost Eric Carlson, obviously. Yeah. James Reimer, Andreas Johnson. They added Mackenzie Blackwood, who's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Granlin, Mike Hoffman. Vilp Sedina and Giovanni Smith. They're taking all of our cast-offs, apparently. <laughs> Guys that, you know, had no role on our team. They're, they're taking a flyer on them. They're going to be terrible. It's not looking good for the Sharks. How about the Anaheim Ducks? Uh, the Anaheim Ducks were actually right above them at number 31. Wow. Uh, yeah, so the Pacific Division is going to be pretty easy. Uh, well, you have such a wide gap between like the really good teams in the Pacific and the really trash teams in the Pacific is the, is the amazing yeah, thing here. Yeah. Like either you're going to be really good or like historically bad. Like Vegas is the odds on favorite to win the West. Well, them and Edmonton certainly have a good shot as anybody. Yeah. And then San Jose and Anaheim are going to be bringing up the rear of the entire league. Weird how that works, man. How's about they would put the Calgary Flames at low, would they? No, they didn't. They put them at number eighteen, actually. Okay, not with Connor Bedard and some big names going over there. They wouldn't put Chicago Blackhawks in there, would they? Oh, of course not. They they have far more faith in Chicago, quite frankly, than is warranted. Like, I don't think Connor Bernard's going to be the... I mean, he's going to be a game changer, certainly, but they're expecting him to be immediately... Oh, yeah, they did. Number 30. 30. Um, Number 30. So, yeah, there you go. Who do you think scores more goals in their rookie season? Ad Fratelli for Columbus or uh, Connor Bernard for the Blackhawks? Bernard, because there's nobody else there. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) How about the aforementioned Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets coming in at, like, 24. Okay. They're... They're, they're a little bit high for this list. So, so far, you've got the bottom two. The bottom three, actually. You're missing 28 and 29. Philadelphia Flyers. And you got 29. Okay. They've, they lost James Van Rimsdyk, uh, Provorov, Tony D'Angelo for the nothing he's worth, and Kevin Hayes. They added Mark Stahl, who I keep forgetting is still playing. I, not for too much longer. I liked Mark Stahl, Stahl when he played for Detroit. I really did. I was really kind of hoping they'd be able to keep him, but all for not. Uh, it's going to be another rebuild. Like, they're going to be flipping guys at the, de- at the deadline. Oh, I don't care. Philadelphia Flyers and their fans are trash. And their little uh, nasty little Muppet that they got for a uh, uh, Oh, God, don't say that out loud because, right. my God, the entire league will just 
all the hockey fans from every team will come down on you for daring to be smirched. The good name of Gritty. Screw Gritty. The stupidest uh, mascot ever. And, but every time yeah. I say that in public, someone's got something to say about it. Like, yeah. you, you po- go on, on, on Facebook in one of your hockey groups and post that Gritty is, a ter- is an ugly-looking mascot that looks like a Muppet that should have been third-trimester <laughs> abortion. And just wait for the comments to light you up for that. Uh, how about the Islanders? The New York Islanders. No, they are, they are not quite that low on the list. Wow. I mean, this is a team that's not that far removed from from a playoff uh, appearance. Like they they've been decent. I mean, not as good as you'd like to to see in relatively recent time here. But it's not that long ago that they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, they actually ranked. When were they in the Eastern Conference Finals? I can't remember that. Wasn't that during the during Barry Trotz's time there? Uh, well, I guess because he, he they was, would have lost to the Bolts because it was right after uh, he got fired. Okay, they they fired. lost the second round that year. I swear there was a yeah they they made it to the conference finals in nineteen twenty twenty. I think it ended up being the COVID year, and they lost to Tampa Bay in the finals. Gotcha. Okay, so no, that was we're not that far removed from this team being good. They lost the semifinals the year after that. This year they didn't make it at all, but. You know, things can change really quick in this league. They didn't add anybody of any consequences, the thing. And it's going to be interesting to see if Lamorello does anything at the trade deadline. Like, they resigned some of their own players, but didn't do anything else in free agency. Right. How about the Preds? The Nashville Predators also don't rank that low on the list, man. Jeez, I'm having a rough time with this last one. I think I'm going to need another hint. Eastern Conference or Western Conference? It is Eastern Conference. Eastern. And, it, and Preds came in at number 22 for whatever it's worth. Okay. Uh, wow. Would they put Washington in there? No, they're 23. I mean, they still have one Alexander Ovechkin, so I'm not surprised. I mean, you got to love, like, it, it, it sucks that they're just not a competitive team at this point, but at least you get to go out there and watch him just chase after a, a legend every night. Yeah. And it, I, I, for one, am rooting for him to overtake Gretzky. I'll, I'll just put it out there right now. I, I, I want to I see, see it in our lifetime. Uh, he's already up there at number two. F it. At this point, why not? Uh, how about Ottawa? The Ottawa Senators. I don't think so because they – and you'd be they're, correct. They're on the upswing, but man, it's like I'm looking at the Eastern Conference. I can't think of who. Think Canadian. Oh, Canadian team. Okay. All right. Winnipeg? No, that's East or West. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, Montreal? Would they put the hat The Montreal Canadiens come in at number 28. Really? Yes, absolutely. And honestly, I kind of agree with them. Like, they're not going to be a good team this year. Like, I know a lot of people were not expecting uh, Slavkovsky to be uh, drafted number one overall. He ended up producing 10 points in his first 39 games last year. And it's going to be interesting to see if that pick ends up uh, panning out or not. You need to see Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield certainly take a step forward. Yeah. And Montreal's had a lot of injury issues over the years, like, you, you need you need a lot of guys really to step up and you're and I'm not sure it's going to happen like you're they're probably going to finish if I had to guess right now they're going to finish at the bottom of the uh 
of uh, of the Atlantic this year. I think everyone else has taken leaps and bounds ahead of them. The Atlantic is going to be. Uh, I mean, of course, it's always been tough. But I mean, I I think you're going to actually see. Uh, you're you're, you're going to see like every uh, almost every team in this division fighting for a playoff spot. Okay. Now here's here's the big question: uh-huh. Where are the Red Wings on this list? Twenty one. Holy hell! How did you do? You're, you're che- he's looking no, up. No, I'm not. <laughs> he's got all the answers right I over there. <laughs> did I call it twenty one? <laughs> yes, uh, because uh, I mean, and I, I just picked. I knew it was going to be somewhere in there. Uh, they're not middle of the pack, so I wasn't expecting them to be fifteen, sixteen. They have made some improvements, some without the, a doubt. The, their young players have improved. They've uh, went and. Uh, did all they? Steve Eiserman was, in my ever humble opinion, too active in the free agent market. What? He signed everybody. What's the problem with that? We, we wanted this man to be aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. aggressive. Yeah, and I, I guess he wasn't going for the marquee names, which you know, that's uh, that's good to see. Yeah, he wasn't making like big, like ridiculous, like splashes by any means. But then there was like some perplexing thing. Well, at first it was perplexing this uh, Zach Austin. Reese that they signed yesterday and then put on waivers. Uh, I get it. Well, we can talk about him in a second. I just, this team, a lot of people are saying are on the upswing. And I I truly believe that the Red Wings should make at least a wild card spot. If they don't make, if they don't uh, show up at the playoffs in some capacity, I, I think this uh, this season should be considered a loss. Well, I mean, it's pretty hard edge, but you know, that's that's particularly hard edge for you. Yeah, I'm not used to that from you. I know, like at all. Like I say, fire Eisman. No, <laughs> no, I know you're not going to do that. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. But I mean, okay, Detroit. I think at this point, with Boston receding and Detroit progressing, I think Detroit could uh, top Boston. It's going to be Tampa Bay and Toronto. Those are going to be their big competition. Buffalo always seems to be the dream killers the last couple of seasons. And we, you talked about Tage Thompson, and they've got a lot of uh, uh, names in there that are starting to grow that they've uh, gone through for the draft. And they might as well because they've had so many draft picks in the recent past, but I digress. Florida Florida had their taste at the big dance, and I think they're, you're going to see a big regression in Florida. Uh, big, bold prediction. Florida does not make the playoffs this year. That, is that how bold of a prediction is that? Really, uh, not really. I mean, because that that division is going to be just a it's going to be such a dogfight anyway. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs even a little bit. Yep, it's going to be uh, your top three that went outright in the Atlantic is going to be Toronto on top, Tampa, and screw it, Detroit. Oh, wow. <laughs> now that, sir, is what I'd call a bold-ass prediction. Well, because, I mean, you take Tampa and Toronto. I've already said my piece on Boston. I don't, I don't think they're going to make it. Uh, Buffalo, may, it's going to be Detroit or Buffalo in that number three spot. Uh, Florida, Montreal, Ottawa, they're going to be exactly where we expect them to be. Uh, just a bit outside. That I could kind of say. But we can I, we can talk about the two early pred- predictions tomorrow if that's the plan. 
Oh, and we will. Don't you worry. We've, we've got plenty, plenty to talk about tomorrow when it comes to the state of uh, your, well, of, of this NHL season. <laughs> so we'll do all that probably tomorrow. Here it is. Happy hour. Your local alternative is Solid State Radio. Smashing Pumpkins at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. We talked about everything there was really going on with the Lions and just how dominant they were of the Panthers, a ungodly terrible football team yeah. on Sunday. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean there weren't other interesting things that happened around the rest of the National Football League this week. Yes. So it's, it's time to, uh, to do some uh, overreaction or no. With uh, Adam's got a whole uh, thing here from CBS Sports, their weekly uh, list of overreactions, and I'm going to tell you what's what and, well, what ain't. Maestro, the music, please. Oh, yeah. Love that football music, man. All right. CBS. Lay it on me. Okay. First of all, okay. The Cowboys are paper tigers. Absolutely. Okay. First of all, pause on the field. Time out on the field. I need somebody to explain to me what a paper tiger is. They're not really good. They're fraudulent. Oh, fraudulent. They Basically, been. yeah. They should. They could have just said that. Overreaction or reality? You're saying reality? I'm saying absolutely. Okay, you blew out the G-Men and the Patriots. Both those teams are trash this season. You lost to the Cardinals, which you have no right to do whatsoeffing ever. This was your test. This was, okay, are we really one of the three best teams in the NFL? Can we hang with San Fran, who are arguably the best team in the NFC? And the answer to that was absolutely not. Dak Prescott went up there and threw three picks against a Niner defense that just has him dead to rights, like always. And they couldn't do it. The defense didn't know how to stop Brock Purdy. They had nothing, nothing for that guy. Like, put, put some respect on that man's name. Four touchdowns on the night last night against a Dallas defense that is supposed to be far, far better than this. Yep. Like, you, you couldn't even... You, you gave up four touchdowns and 142 passer rating <clears throat> after dominating Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Daniel Jones. Fraud. Fraudulent team. They'll probably still make the playoffs, but they are, they are absolutely a pretender in the NFC. Is this an overreaction or reality? This is Bill Belichick's last season coaching the Patriots. Never thought you'd see this, did you? Like, 72-3. to this team has been outscored over their last two games. Shut out yesterday against New Orleans. 55 total points on the season. The Dolphins scored more in one game than they have all year. <laughs> I don't think they're not going to fire him. You know as well as I do they're not. You're going to have to. He's going to leave on his own. Do you, do you think he goes somewhere else? I'm not sure. I, I think so. I, I think. I don't like to think that, you know, the game has passed him by. But he he can't apparently he, he he needs a top flight quarterback to really be able to do what he does so well. Like I, it, it it's proof that at this point I don't think at the very least he shouldn't be GM and head coach at this particular stop anymore. And I don't think going forward, like your defense has been garbage. Like they've been injured, but your offense just isn't good. I mean, I don't know if that's just Mac Jones isn't good, which I am willing to consider that a possibility. Sure. But they, they probably should be a parting of the ways after this season. Will there be, though? I think now. Well, I mean, they had such uh, a dynasty for the longest time. In two decades of sustained yeah. success. Brady moved on and has since hung him up. I mean, Belichick is kind of just there with a 
bunch of scrubs. He might he might uh, move on to another team for a season or two just to see what happens. But I I think his best days are behind him. I I expect him, fully expect him to retire on his own within two seasons. Okay, this, counting this season. Okay. Dolphins have better offense than greatest show on turf. That, reaction. That's saying a, that, that that's a bold statement right there. But so far this season, Miami has the most total yards in any team's first five games in NFL history and the most yards per play in any team's first five games since the 2000 Rams that were home to the aforementioned uh, greatest show on turf. They've got the most points in any team's first five games since the Patriots and Cards in 2015, for whatever that's worth. They lead the NFL in passing yards, yards per attempt, rushing yards, yards per rush, yards per game, yards per play, first downs per game, points per game. Every single offensive category you can think of, Miami is leading the league. They have looked good. They have looked great. And I don't think it's at this point hyperbole to say they're better than the greatest show on turf. Like, they may have scored more through five games, but the Dolphins have beat them in yards per game. And on the ground, they were, they're they're dominant. Like, the, 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 uh, that era of the Rams, like, didn't do a whole lot in the rushing game. Like, a total 110.8 rushing yards that 2000 season. Miami is already at 185.8 on the season average. Like, I mean, it's it's one and one A really, but they are every bit as good as that team was. Let's just see how they take that into the playoffs. All right, we move to Cincinnati. Overreaction or reality? Joe Burrow is back. Now, I'm not I'm not buying it yet. I'm not. I mean, what you had yesterday was Jamar Chase just putting on a masterclass. 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. And keep in mind, this was against the Cardinals. Cardinals are trash. Sorry, Dallas. Cards are trash. But without... Uh, next week's going to be the be the real test here because you're going to have Seattle, who is a, a markedly better team, an actual contender, and not whatever Arizona is. We'll see if that all lasts when you get T. Higgins back. I mean, it can only help, right? I'm, I'm pumping the brakes so far, but... I'd say it's closer to reality than an overreaction. But I, I want to see next week. That'll make the determination for me. Lamar Jackson just isn't a clutch quarterback. Is this an overreaction or is this reality? I mean, a, a career 94.6 pass rating in the fourth quarter with 25 touchdowns to 12 interceptions would suggest otherwise. Though that's still admittedly a few more picks than you'd like to see. Um he has nine win- game-winning drives since he became a starter, but usually the Raiders are ahead in the fourth quarter under him as a starter. It's, I'm not sure that he's going to be a big game, you know, a playoff big game guy. And there's a difference between those two things. You can be clutch in the regular season and then not be able to get it done in the postseason. But I don't think with what we know about his history in the fourth quarter that you can say that he's not a clutch quarterback. Maybe not a clutch playoff quarterback, and I, I certainly would not bet on him in the playoffs, but I think it's an overreaction. The Jaguars are a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. That, I still think it's an overreaction, honestly. 
that as good as as good as they have looked, somehow apparently going to London made all the difference in the world for them. <laughs> they really have. Like you're you're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, I think you're going to win the AFC South. I think you're even going to win your first round matchup. The AFC is still Miami's to lose. Like they're they're not a Super Bowl contender. Miami at this point to me. Miami and KC are your two Super Bowl contenders. They're going to be the teams more than likely that meet up in the AFC title game. So as good as this was, and it's a good, really bodes well for this team going forward, like they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs, I think, for years to come. But they're not yet a Super Bowl contender. Let's pump the brakes on that. Zach Moss should start over Jonathan Taylor. Not going to happen. Like, you saw with the, the, the huge contract that they just signed him to. They made him the highest-paid running back in football at a time where, honestly, I, I think a lot of people thought they were just going to let him walk. They're not going to do that. Should they? Maybe. Zach Moss has certainly done quite well in Taylor's absence, enough to make you think, well, how much do you really need, Taylor? But at the same point in time, you, you got to think that maybe it was a bit of an overreaction to give Taylor the money they did. Should it happen? Maybe, but you don't pay a guy, you know, 42 mil a season or whatever it was to, to not be your starter. So, no. How about Jalen Carter is a defensive rookie of the year? Is this an overreaction or is this reality? He's been a game changer and you have no idea how badly I wanted him here. You can't <laughs> possibly imagine. I, I will so wish they would have taken him. When he was available, I, I I'm I'm kicking you know myself for that for that not having. Can you imagine how just great this defense would have been? How how great the pass rush this squad would have been with Jalen Carter and Aiden Hutchinson? Can you imagine? No, no. it's it's amazing. Like he's been the the best defensive rookie in football, and I love Brian Branch and the things he's done. That's kind of you know trailed off a bit. Like I I would see expect to see him get maybe a vote or two, but it. He's only b trailing Chris Jones and Ed Oliver in, uh, in sacks on this season. Like, he is doing everything that, that you could have hoped from him when he was drafted, and he's, he's going to prove that any, the, all of the, the character things that had teams avoiding him, that he's going to make them pay for having passed on him. That's reality all day long. And I think there's, that's your overreactions for the week. It is happy hour. Solid Stay Radio. A full hour of uh, local original music comes your way next. A little show we like to call Solid State Sessions. We bring you the best music that Michigan has to offer. Of course, it's a Motown Monday, so Adam will have three tracks for you from Hitsville, USA, of course. We'll be back tomorrow. Drew will be here in studio with us, and uh, well, there will be much whiskey to be drank, that's for sure. Join us, won't you? I'll be well. Talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 3. See ya!